0: Hello everyone, welcome to the reInvent virtual session about Amazon Linux workspaces for agile development. My name is Hassan and I'm a senior product manager with Amazon workspaces. In today's virtual session, we're going to cover uh, quite a bit of ground in terms of uh, understanding what Amazon Linux workspaces are, how enterprise customers are using Amazon Linux workspaces Uh, We will then talk a little bit about how can you prepare to use Amazon Linux workspaces for your own developers. Um, And we're going to talk about different type of developers that can use Amazon Linux workspaces. We will then go into a little bit more detail uh, into uh, building an understanding of how you can build customized images of workspaces that you can then deploy for different developer use cases. So this is going to give you the tools that you can take away from this session and rapidly deploy uh, workspaces for your developers. And then finally, we will talk a little bit about how can you administer and manage Amazon Linux workspaces at scale. Uh, Obviously, when we are talking about uh, deployment of Linux workspaces into enterprise, uh, you need to be able to manage and administer them at scale. So let's get started. So first of all, let's get a little bit overview of Amazon Workspaces. Um, Amazon Workspaces is a secure cloud desktop service provided by Amazon Web Services. Uh, The benefits of uh, having a cloud desktop uh, are obviously you get the benefit of pay as you go. So you only pay for what you use. uh, And when you're not using your workspaces, you can either terminate them Um, and you know your charging stops or you can use uh, auto-stop workspaces which stop automatically and then your charging also stops. Um, Obviously the best benefit here is uh, the benefit that you get with all of Amazon Web Services um, products where you can simply deploy and manage your um, assets uh, at scale. So uh, instead of uh, the existing um, method where you have to procure Uh, you know, hardware devices like laptops and desktops. In this case, it's a few click buttons uh, where you can uh, effectively deploy uh, cloud desktops and enable your users to use that cloud desktops through a multitude of different devices. For example, you can use Android, you can use iPad, um, and so on. Uh, And finally, uh, with any cloud service, you can easily scale them. Uh, So, if you have Uh, 2,000 users for example, you can deploy 2,000 workspaces in a matter of days. Uh, You can uh, basically wind them down if you don't need them at any time and stop your charging. So overall, it provides you a very secure uh, cloud desktop service that is easily scalable, uh, is performant, as well as only charges you for what you use. And one more important piece here is that because your actual desktop is sitting in the cloud, all of your data is also in that VPC. So your user is not actually getting that data downloaded to their uh, client device. It's still sitting in your VPC in a very secure parameter. Uh, This is especially important when you're talking about developers who are freelancers or who are offshore developers um, who will be coding Um, uh, in your code base uh, and that code base is kind of, uh, you know, proprietary or uh, very um, highly secure for your company. So uh, let's take a look at why Amazon Linux Workspaces is being used by different customers. So uh, customers use um, Amazon uh, Linux Workspaces primarily for developers um, and in their enterprise. And some of the other use cases that they use it for are uh, web-based applications. Um, by using a simple web browser. So first of all, uh, developers uh, want to get started really early. Uh, so uh, imagine a situation where you have uh, new developers joining in day in, day out. Uh, their IT equipment needs are generally a little bit, um, uh, you know, more high uh, than your regular employees because they need a set of tools. Um, for example, Java, JDK installed in their uh, desktop environment. Uh, They need some libraries uh, related to their coding languages. Uh, They also would need some sort of IDEs like Eclipse and so on. Uh, So there's a lot of, uh, you know, this preparation of the desktop that is required for developers that is a little bit more labor-intensive than you would have for a regular employee. Uh, So what happens uh, uh, here is that when you're using Amazon Linux workspaces, uh, you create a uh, an image uh, in the cloud in uh, Amazon Workspaces service, and then that image is repeatable. You can launch as many workspaces from it as you would like. Um, unlike in the laptop or desktop world, where you have to uh, physically go and image each and every laptop and desktop, um, this becomes very easy uh, and easy to scale as well. The other benefit uh, from it comes from the continuous management. So uh, think about uh, where your uh, developers are leaving the company or where uh, you know there's an issue with their laptop or with their desktop. Uh, so uh, what do you need to do? You have to go and actually reclaim that physical hardware uh, or in cases where it requires some maintenance, you have to physically uh, get that hardware and physically image it. While you're doing this physical imaging piece, uh, your developers are not productive; they're not doing their work. Um, so it's a you know productivity hit to your company as well as um, you know the, a disruption for developers. So with uh, Linux Workspaces, obviously uh, you don't have that uh, you know uh, cycle because you can immediately uh, use some of the Workspaces features like rebuild uh, to reimage your machine, uh, where your root volume um, is uh, reimaged with your image and your user volume stays to what your user um, kind of modified it to Uh, or you can use uh, the restore feature that workspaces provide which really takes uh, both your root volume and user volume to the last uh, healthy snapshot Uh, and those snapshots are uh, within 24 hours uh, timeline so really great uh, experience for your users because it takes less than Um, you know, um, a few minutes, so it's gonna take, I think, less than 20 minutes or so uh, for this whole process to be done. So, uh, you know, you become, uh, ultimately, your IT um, uh, help desk and your IT operations become really agile because you're not actually working on physical hardware anymore. And finally, uh, these days, obviously, data security is very, very important, but at the same time, compliance is also a big, um, uh, you know, requirement for a lot of companies. So uh, we talk about HIPAA for uh, healthcare uh, industry. We talk about PCI for payment card industries. Uh, we have GDPR for Eurozone. Uh, so all of these uh, compliance benefits are uh, provided by workspaces uh, uh, and basically it enables you to readily use the service um, while staying compliant to all of these um, you know, compliance mechanisms. Um, and data security, we touched upon it a little bit earlier. Uh, obviously, because the data is not actually being downloaded uh, by the user to their local device, um, it stays uh, secure in your VPC and in the cloud. So, let's drill down a little bit. Uh, what is under the hood in Amazon Linux workspaces? Uh, so, first of all, Amazon Linux workspaces uh, are a Uh, OS feature layer for Amazon WorkSpaces. So Amazon WorkSpaces provides Windows 10 um, uh, with BYOL. Um, It also provides Windows Server 2016, um, as well as Amazon Linux uh, desktops. So Amazon Linux is that operating system layer. If we go into a little bit deeper, uh, what is that um, net benefit of using Amazon Linux with WorkSpaces? First of all, it's built for the cloud. Uh, What that means is that Amazon Linux uh, was designed and uh, built in AWS um, by the Amazon Linux 2 team. And it is highly efficient in resource usage and uh, in streaming quality. So obviously you are uh, streaming a desktop from the cloud to your end user. Uh, You need to be able to optimize this as much as possible and be able to have as minimum resource hit as possible. Uh, so Amazon Linux uh, effectively provides you those uh, benefits out of the box. Then uh, obviously a lot of uh, development these days happens in, inside containers because you need a, you know, kind of a consistent environment across the board, your developers. Um, so these are Amazon Linux uh, workspaces, they support Docker so that, uh, it, you know, a highly popular container that your uh, developers can use to build consistent environments. Uh, The second biggest thing um, that is under the hood in Amazon Linux workspaces is that they are uh, built to focus on enterprise. So um, all of the enterprise IT requirements such as um, that the computer asset needs to be joined to their domain um, in form of an active directory. Um, Similarly, uh, you know that the Amazon Linux 2 kernel can be updated. So, you know, the updates to the OS are continuously being done. Um, And as well as uh, that there's uh, support for any uh, software packages or any compilers that you're running on your uh, operating system. So, uh, we talked a little bit about, um, uh, you know, the updates here. Um, The the biggest problem uh, that we saw in a lot of Linux uh, deployments uh, was that it's a very heavy lift for IT to actually go um, and continuously keep those uh, machines updated, uh, and generally they just leave it to the developer to take that action. So obviously it in, uh, you know increases the attack surface area uh, for your IT assets. Um, so with Amazon Linux Workspaces, all of that is done by the Amazon Workspaces service. So it's that's why we call it fully managed service. And finally. Um, You know, all of the innovation that is delivered to Amazon Linux uh, naturally flows into Amazon Linux workspaces as well. Um, These are some of the things that, uh, you know, we have um, modern desktop packages. uh, We have Amazon Linux 2 core repository as well as extras repository. Uh, So in core, you will see a lot of, uh, you know, core packages such as Python um, uh, and so on. And then in extras, you will see Um, desktop packages, sort of the bleeding edge of uh, um, the the packages. So, you'll see Mate, you'll see, um, uh, you know, LibreOffice and so on. Uh, So, all of this um, is effectively being handed over to you in Amazon Linux workspaces while we are fully managing this uh, uh, behind the scenes. So, um, you don't have to take any action uh, to achieve all of these benefits that we covered here. And the best part, all of these benefits are provided with no additional cost. Uh, So Amazon Linux workspaces are priced uh, at the same rate as our uh, BYOL workspaces where you are bringing your own Windows license. So there's no additional cost of using Amazon Linux on workspaces. So let's uh, elaborate a little bit about the developer use cases. So we talked a, a little bit about what Amazon Linux workspaces are, what Amazon workspaces does as a service. Um, let's drill down a little bit uh, on what type of developer use cases uh, you can use. Uh, now, this is not an exhaustive list. Um, uh, obviously, you can uh, you know, tweak your image to do exactly what your requirements are. Uh, these are some of the uh, things that um, we saw in the market that are very common that our customers are using. Um, our customers are heavily using Amazon Linux workspaces for .NET developer um, um, you know, development. Um, In in those, you can see that there's a list of packages that uh, you you can kind of build uh, and build custom bundles. So here, let's take a a, a tiny segue uh, to understand the concept of custom bundles. So every uh, Amazon workspace is attached to a bundle. Uh, And a bundle is really a collection of hardware, uh, software, as well as your operating system. Um, And in terms of hardware, we are talking about, you know, what type of compute you have, uh, what is the storage size of your machine, what's the RAM of your uh, machine. Uh, In software, we are uh, talking about uh, exactly what is uh, written here, where you have a set of applications that you have installed. Um, And finally, the operating system, which in this case is Amazon Linux 2. So now that we have uh, talked a little bit about custom bundles, uh, you know, let's uh, elaborate on how we create these custom bundles. So a custom bundle uh, can easily be created by you selecting the three components of custom bundle. You can select, uh, you know, compute uh, along with memory. You select, um, uh, you know, the operating system, which in this case is Amazon Linux. Um, And you basically launch a workspace. And once you launch the workspace, uh, you can install any sort of packages uh, and and, uh, applications that you want in that um, um, workspace. And then you create a custom image from it, uh, which is going to be attached to your custom bundle. Now what happens is that this custom bundle that you created can repeatedly be used to launch as many workspaces as you want or desire. Uh, So to kind of wrap uh, our heads around it, Uh, If you create a .NET developer custom bundle, uh, you can deliver this uh, workspace with this custom uh, application load to say 2,000 developers that are working on .NET or 4,000 developers or 10,000 developers. Uh, So it makes this process really, really easy uh, that we discussed earlier. This is kind of, uh, you know, that happening in action. So uh, uh, I'm not going to go into the details of each of these custom bundles. These are just for uh, your reference that uh, you can create, uh, you know, a Java developer bundle or Go developer bundle or even Win32 uh, developer custom bundle uh, to enable your developers uh, for the specific type of development they're doing. So uh, let's talk a little bit about deployment. So now we, uh, we, uh, what we covered is what is the benefit of Amazon Linux workspaces how customers are using it in their enterprise uh, workloads, um, and we discussed how you can um, build uh, custom bundles for your developers who are working on different type of development uh, trains. Uh, So let's uh, get down into how can you deploy it for your IT. So first of all, obviously, you will have to prepare uh, your networking and VPC. Um, And uh, being a fully-managed service, that's really easy to do with Amazon uh, WorkSpaces. Um, The two key components here is that you have to uh, establish your directory, uh, uh, which is the Active Directory. Uh, This is the Active Directory where your uh, workspaces are going to be joined to. Uh, So that's the domain join step that we talked about earlier. Um, And then on the other hand, you will select your subnets uh, uh, for your workspaces so that they can have those IP addresses. Um, And then in the top um, piece of this uh, diagram, you see uh, a few uh, gateways, which are uh, streaming gateway, authentication gateway, um, and so on. Uh, These are part of the Amazon Workspaces service. So these are not the pieces that you're actively deploying. Uh, but they are uh, effectively authenticating against your directory credentials. Uh, they are um, after that. After the authentication is successful, they are creating that um, streaming uh, channel to your user so that they can stream that desktop view, um, and so on. Uh, and then on the bottom left uh, of the larger square here, uh, you can see that there's. Uh, the VPC. Um, so this is the customer VPC. This is the VPC that you are planning for. And You can see that it's very lightweight. Uh, you just have to uh, establish your subnets and uh, determine the directory that uh, the workspace is going to talk to. Uh, so it can populate users. It can authenticate against that directory um, for the, those user credentials and so on. So once you have uh, that uh, uh, kind of um, understanding of that overall flow, uh, let's talk about some of the best practices when you are uh, doing a design um, of Amazon WorkSpaces VPC. So uh, generally we recommend that you have a separate VPC for Amazon WorkSpaces compared to your uh, production code base or even uh, beta code base. Um, so it, it really um, becomes, uh, you know, kind of your security parameter around workspaces uh, being the desktops uh, versus, um, you know, your other VPCs, which are uh, serving different purposes, uh, like production applications, um, as well as your, uh, you know, sandbox environment or test beds and so on. So uh, one other thing that uh, we generally recommend to customers is that for each of your separate workloads, you should create a separate AD connector. So kind of create um, somewhat of isolated environments from each other. Um, And the benefit of this is, for example, you have full-time employees um, who are using Amazon Linux workspaces, and then you have offshore developers who are also using uh, Amazon Linux workspaces. Both of them are doing development. Now, because the data is uh, uh, has a parameter in the VPC layer, uh, you clearly want to have um, a data uh, delineation between your full-time employees and between um, your offshore developers or freelance who are contractors, not necessarily your full-time employees. Um, the effect of this will be that for your full-time employees, you might want to give them much more um, uh, you know, permissions, and access uh, grants to, uh, you know, access different code base versus your contractors, you might want to restrict them to only certain servers um, or certain code bases or certain uh, IT artifacts. So it's always a great practice uh, to keep uh, your user population uh, kind of segregated uh, on a per VPC basis. Uh, then uh, we also recommend, for uh, uh, you know, disaster recovery uh, perspective, to uh, deploy them across two AZs, um, um, you know, at least two AZs. Uh, that way, you know, um, generally it never it doesn't happen. Um, but in any case, there's uh, an issue in the in any of the AZ. At least you will uh, be able to uh, keep your users productive uh, by switching them over to the other AZ. Um, Then for developer workloads specifically, we, uh, some enterprise customers like to keep them in private subnets and not publicly, um, you know, advertise uh, the interfaces on the workspaces. Um, Obviously there's two mechanisms to do that. The main reason that a workspace will have a public subnet is because you want to give um, uh, internet access uh, to your user uh, through that workspace. Uh, And in case of private subnets, that doesn't necessarily mean that you won't have internet access. It just means that the immediate interface on the workspace is going to be uh, in the private subnet. Um, But you can definitely use uh, some sort of internet gateway uh, to route all the private traffic from the workspace to that gateway. uh, And then that gateway is able to access the internet. So in effect, your user uh, doesn't have any uh, different experience. They can still access internet. Uh, whether they're using public uh, or they're using private subnets. Uh, The difference being that in private subnets, you have an additional gateway. uh, And that really helps you control the flow of traffic. So if you want to restrict some websites, if you want to uh, restrict certain networks or attacks, that uh, provides you that control uh, through that gateway. Uh, Obviously, in some cases, you will see that your developers might need public interfaces uh, on the workspace, and it's totally okay to do that. Uh, it's just um, uh, really dependent on uh, what sort of controls you want to uh, put in place for your workspaces. And then uh, finally, uh, whenever you're doing large deployments, it's always a best practice to plan for it. Um, um, frequently uh, what happens is that um, uh, peop- uh, you know, um, customers they don't necessarily plan for a pilot stage for their large de- deployments. Uh, And that ends up, uh, you know, uh, biting them back later in the game. Um, And the main reason for that is that you need to be able to test uh, that your uh, developers will have great experience. You need to be able to test that all of the workspaces are well integrated with your existing IT uh, management tools, with your active domains, uh, so your domain controller is easily reachable. Um, uh, you know, you, there's no issue whenever a user is trying to log in. So all of these are um, mostly uh, kind of test environments that um, you should certainly do uh, in the pilot stage of a product uh, or a project uh, before you take it to a large scale deployment um, and make it production. So it's always a good practice to do that. And here's a link uh, if you want to uh, go a little bit more detailed into uh, some of our best practices, you can uh, note this uh, link down and uh, take a look at it. So, uh, real quick, uh, we uh, can take a look at what Amazon Workspace's disk and network configuration is. Uh, So generally, all of uh, Amazon Workspaces uh, have two network interfaces. Uh, One is the management interface, which is Uh, what we call Ethernet zero interface or ETH0. And we have a VPC interface, which is uh, the Ethernet one or ETH1 interface. Uh, The ETH0 interface is where uh, the management interface, uh, where all of your streaming traffic is flowing. Uh, So this is the uh, interface that uh, Amazon Workspaces service uses uh, to stream the traffic, as well as to deploy updates. Uh, We talked a little bit earlier about that all Amazon Linux workspaces are continuously updated uh, as as, they are, uh, as the updates are coming in. Uh, so this is the interface that we use to, um, uh, you know, uh, inject that update. And on the other hand, the VPC interface is the interface that is in your VPC. It's fully controlled by you. Uh, you can do whatever you uh, like to do with that interface. How do you want to, uh, you know, restrict traffic, monitor traffic, and so on. Every workspace has two uh, partitions. Uh, One partition is uh, the operating system partition uh, or what we call root volumes, uh, and the user partition, uh, which is what we call um, user volumes. The operating system partition, as the name suggests, is the uh, partition where you have all of uh, your operating system and uh, the user partition is where you have, uh, all of your user files are going to be stored. Uh, So the the effect or benefit of this um, um, model uh, is that uh, in case there's any issue with your operating system uh, partition and your uh, operating system gets corrupt, uh, your user data is still safe. Uh, So that's the feature that we quickly touched upon earlier, where uh, it's the rebuild feature where you um, basically throw away uh, the operating system partition and re-image it uh, from your fresh image. Um, but your user partition is the one that is already, um, you know, in the last snapshot state within 24 hours. So, let's talk a little bit more about the Amazon Linux Workspaces hardware options. Um, We discussed earlier about custom bundles and we discussed that hardware has, um, you know, different sort of compute and RAM uh, configurations as well as different partition sizes. Uh, So, in case of partition sizes, each of the partition that we talked about uh, earlier here uh, is, um, you know, available in different sizes by default, Um, but then you can also extend them uh, each to two terabytes. So, it gives you a total of four terabytes of space if your uh, developers uh, want to use that much space. And in terms of other hardware, uh, obviously uh, we are talking about compute as well as memory. Uh, we provide uh, uh, five uh, different uh, configurations options for hardware. Um, and these are, uh, you know, basically designed so that uh, we can address your use cases and, uh, and you know, provide uh, the right type of hardware for the right type of usage. So we take, um, uh, we do a lot of work to make sure that uh, we have the right set of hardware uh, for the right set of users that you're going to deploy workspaces for. And this list obviously uh, continues increasing, Um, you know, two or three years ago, this was a list of three, now it's a list of five. Uh, You know, obviously we're gonna uh, continue iterating and keep adding more hardware options as customers are asking us about more options um, and as customers are deploying workspaces to um, more new and new um, user types. Uh, so uh, here, there's a list of, uh, uh, you know, different uh, tip, uh, typical usage that you would associate with either of the hardware uh, option, as well as the use cases. Uh, since today we are talking mostly about developers, the m- developers, um, uh, our customers mostly use uh, Power and Power Pro uh, for the developers and analysts. Uh, these are four CPU and eight CPU machines and 16 and 32 gig memories, respectively. Um, but that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, the other ones are not being used by developers. Uh, in a lot of cases, our value uh, and standard bundle is very, very popular as a testbed uh, environment. So, uh, you know, you have a developer who uh, himself or herself is coding on Power or Power Pro, uh, but they want to run, uh, you know, some compile job or some test on, on their value um, for their, um, you know, website or uh, application. And they can easily do it on that. Obviously the benefit is that value is um, uh, super cheap. So it's very uh, low cost compared to Power and Power Pro. Um, and because there's no like active user on these test environments, uh, you can literally just run the test and for, forget about it. It's going to finish and uh, uh, you, know, you can go uh, or your developer can go take a look at the results. Uh, so really, really economical um, uh, benefit uh, for your users. And then, uh, again, we talked a little bit about that uh, a lot of customers uh, are using Amazon Linux WorkSpaces for web applications where uh, there's just one single uh, web browser and, they are, uh, and their users are really just uh, doing their productivity work through that website, through web applications. So value is also a very good um, use case for that. So let's uh, jump down into a little bit uh, more details on uh, um, what we can achieve using Amazon Linux WorkSpaces. So here we have shown a simple demo environment. Uh, This environment is very much similar to uh, what we did earlier in the uh, the flowchart that we discussed, where uh, there was an AD connector, where there was Active Directory connecting from your uh, corporate site. Um, as well as workspaces and, uh, you know, your VPC. Uh, So this is kind of our demo environment that we are going to uh, run the demo on today. So the first part of the demo is that we are going to prepare Linux. Uh, uh, What that means is that we are going to prepare uh, our Linux image. So uh, let's jump into that. So here, uh, let's go to the workspaces service first. So now we are in the Workspaces service. So we'll start uh, with looking at some of the bundles that we have. We already created this uh, just as a, a test bed. Um, we are also going to first start launch by launching a workspace. Uh, so uh, here we are going to, uh, you know, uh, just type in the user. Um, and really, right now the step we are trying to perform here is what we discussed earlier, uh, where we took a workspace. Um, and then we uh, uh, installed a bunch of applications and packages on it uh, in order to create sort of a golden image from it. So this is the step that we are trying to perform uh, through this demo. So here I'm going to add the user. I'm going to go to the next screen. I'm going to select uh, a bundle that we just covered uh, that is more suitable for this um, sort of, uh, you know, my uh, custom bundle that I'm trying to create here for my developers. I'm going to select the storage size that I need um, and then I'm going to uh, move forward. Here I can decide whether I want this to be encrypted or uh, not encrypted. Uh, If I want it to be encrypted, I can uh, uh, put a name uh, for the uh, uh, key or I can uh, also put tags on this machine. Um, In this case, I want to tag it, uh, you know, probably you you would like to tag it as an image prep machine. Uh, So we went through that. Now, uh, we're going to wait for the workspace to uh, launch. And once this workspace is launched, uh, I'm going to connect to this workspace uh, using the Workspaces client. Um, You can download this uh, client from our public website for the URL is available uh, on our public documentation. So, here's uh, the first look into Amazon Linux WorkSpaces. This is what you will get uh, once you log into uh, your workspace for the first time. Uh, so, I'm going to open the terminal here. Uh, I'm going to uh, take a few steps to install uh, some of the packages that we discussed earlier. Um, so, it's always a good practice to, first of all, uh, run uh, update on your workspace, even though, we, like we mentioned, we automatically update a workspace uh, during the provisioning step. Um, but here I'm going to, uh, you know, do some housekeeping and, uh, uh, run updates, uh, install a couple of packages, uh, that are pretty self-explanatory and you can use, um, based on your developer requirements, you can, um, install, uh, the packages that you like the most. Okay, so once you're done with that, um, what you will do is that uh, you will uh, create a custom image from it. But let's take a look at the summary of what we achieved in this demo. So first of all, what we did is that we uh, ran a yum update. And then uh, what we did is that we installed Apple. Uh, So Apple is very famous uh, enterprise uh, Linux repository. So uh, Amazon Linux uh, Extras has uh, that repository uh, so we will install Apple. Then finally, um, one of the key things that you uh, you know you should be able to do is uh, modify the PC over IP configuration file. Uh, so just to give a little bit of background, PC over IP is the streaming protocol that Amazon Linux workspaces use uh, currently. Uh, and this um, uh, you know protocol has the ability to control certain settings. For example, uh, do you want to restrict your clipboard? Uh, do you want to uh, you know, restrict certain channels uh, f- for streaming, um, and so on. So uh, we just took a simple example uh, here just to show you that this is the PC over IP configuration file uh, that you can modify. And uh, really, you, it's a, it's a conf file, so you can open it uh, in any of uh, the text editor that you want. Um, and you can search um, um, you know, the web uh, to find PC over IP Linux configuration settings and uh, that will tell you um, uh, exactly what the settings are there uh, that you can toggle. Uh, even the configuration file has uh, all that uh, detailed in, in, in a README. Uh, so this is really, uh, you, are, uh, you have pr- updated the image, you have installed some of the applications that you need and you have edited your uh, configuration file uh, f- uh, for your specific users. Um, one of the benefit here is for example, Uh, You don't want to um, give copy-paste or clipboard permissions to your, um, uh, you know, offshore contractors, for example. So this is the file that you will edit to block that uh, access. Then uh, let's go to the next step, as we discussed earlier. Now we have our, um, uh, you know, workspace ready. It's our image machine. It has all the settings and installation there. Now I want to create a custom bundle from it. Um, and uh, again, uh, we didn't do these steps in this demo here, but uh, you are free to install or uh, you know, uh, add any packages and applications that your developers require. Uh, so in this case, uh, just in the previous step where we were uh, running these YUM updates and we were installing Apple, uh, you can um, you know, install, for example, OpenJDK, Eclipse, um, um, and you know some of the, these things. Uh, uh, AWS CLI already uh, comes prepackaged into Amazon Linux WorkSpaces. Uh, But then you can install Eclipse, Atom, um, Visual Studio Code, and so on, whichever your developers require. And then, um, uh, obviously, once you have this uh, whole image ready uh, that your developers would like, uh, you can then create uh, the Java developer customer bundle. Um, So the Java bundle is the one that we earlier reviewed in a list of custom bundles, Um, again, you know, it's really up to uh, your development requirements uh, how you want to um, kind of uh, create this mix of applications in your image. So let's uh, take a quick look of how to do that. So here I'm logged in uh, back into my um, workspaces and uh, I'm going to uh, try to install all of these um, applications that we just discussed. So um, I'm going to Uh, go to uh, some of the websites, for example, I'll go to Eclipse, uh, Eclipse for AWS, I'll download it. Uh, It's really, really simple, uh, just like you would install on any other Linux uh, machine or uh, maybe even um, easier here because we have a a nice UI layer uh, to kind of do this uh, from a UI perspective. Uh, So here uh, I've opened the Eclipse installer, I've uh, taken uh, the Java environment, so I'm going to use the uh, Java-specific Eclipse um, just to kind of uh, you know install it uh, fully. So once the Eclipse installation is complete, uh, you know we can uh, launch it. We can um, uh, make some settings in here. Uh, what we are really trying to achieve here is. Um, One of the biggest benefit um, with Amazon Linux workspaces is because your um, workspace is sitting in the AWS cloud. Um, At the same time, your Amazon uh, other AWS uh, artifacts or other AWS infrastructure artifacts like EC2, S3, and all of those, um, uh, you know, elements are also sitting in the AWS cloud. Uh, So what you can uh, do or what you can achieve is that you have a really high speed Um, of development and compilation between uh, a workspace and and, an application on EC2, for example. So, uh, what uh, we are doing here is uh, we are trying to, um, uh, you know, configure AWS Toolkit for Eclipse. Uh, And what that will do is that uh, now this development box that you have prepared or this development image that you have prepared for Amazon Linux workspaces, uh, it is going to uh, be able to talk to your EC2 instances or S3 instances, um, all of the AWS artifacts that uh, are part of uh, the credentials that uh, you have co- uh, configured in this AWS toolkit for Eclipse. Uh, so uh, the net effect that you're achieving um, is that, in the past, uh, when you have an EC2 instance running in AWS cloud, uh, you are um, and your developer is using a laptop, your developer is uh, really dependent on the bottleneck speed of the internet or Wi-Fi that that is on the laptop uh, to be able to push that compile job to the EC2 instance, so obviously it's not very fast. Uh, In this case, because uh, your access device is just accessing the um, WorkSpaces desktop, um, so we don't have that bottleneck there, uh, where your uh, Amazon Linux Workspaces desktop is talking to EC two, uh, and they're sitting really close to each other in the cloud. So uh, you know you you can you're able to achieve uh, really high speed compilation uh, and those kind of jobs. Okay, so here uh, what we have done is that um, uh, exactly what we explained. So uh, now your Eclipse um, is kind of ready. Uh, to be hooked into your AWS um, uh, infrastructure artifacts. So uh, you can uh, basically, um, you know, just like we explained that you can access uh, your EC2 instance, you can directly push code from uh, Eclipse uh, compiler directly to your um, uh, AWS artifacts. Uh, And here, what we are going to do, uh, now that my machine is ready with all of these settings that we talked about, now I'm creating a custom image from that uh, WorkSpaces machine. Um, and it's a really simple step, as you can see. You can also use our API um, uh, if needed. But uh, here you have like, the, uh, create, uh, uh, You have created an image um, from that workspace. And this is going to uh, become a part of your bundle. Uh, so again, custom bundle is consisting of uh, the OS uh, as well as the image which is what we created here, as well as uh, the hardware uh, that you want that bundle to have. Uh, So you can put the compute type that you need, you can put the uh, memory um, here that you need. Um, Now, what happens is that now that you have this bundle developed for uh, for yourself, uh, like we covered earlier, you can launch uh, many, many workspaces from it. Uh, And here we are going to go into the same, uh, you know, create workspaces, launch flow. Uh, and here you're going to be able to see that the bundle that you just created is now available here uh, for you to launch workspaces from. Okay, now the final piece that we're going to cover here is uh, the customization of the desktop environment. So uh, now that your developers are getting, uh, you know, the the specific type of hardware that they need, they're getting the uh, uh, Amazon Linux environment, obviously, uh, they are able to Uh, uh, you know, access um, uh, their choice of IDE, uh, the packages that they want. Uh, You know, you have also been able to hook it to AWS uh, resources. Uh, You can uh, really uh, configure it to hook into um, any of your AWS resources um, or use other IDEs. Uh, We just used the example of Eclipse. Uh, Now the final piece is that how do you uh, customize the desktop environment? Uh, So Amazon Linux workspaces has by default, Mate desktop environment, uh, and Mate is basically, um, um, you know, a, a, a fork of, uh, so to speak, uh, it continues the GNOME 2 uh, desktop environment. Uh, the GNOME 2 desktop environment is uh, this, you know, very simple uh, and easy to use desktop environment. And our goal with Amazon Linux Workspace's default uh, desktop was to make it very simple, uh, modern, and elegant to use. So you'll see that it's uh, there's a lot of simplicity to this desktop. Um, some of the key things that uh, customers generally use it for is that they want to, for example, brand their desktop. Uh, they want to be able to prevent users from uh, you know, getting rid of that branding, uh, for example, um, and, and many other things. So it's fully customizable. Um, just like, uh, you know, all of the uh, Linux pieces in, in the desktop. Um, so you can um, actively uh, be able to uh, configure the certain settings of the desktop uh, that you want your users to uh, see. So here we are going to do uh, an example of um, what we can achieve uh, by some of those desktop customization. So as we discussed uh, here I'm just trying to uh, you know modify the wallpapers uh, there's you know certain wallpapers that are automatically included there's the default workspaces uh, wallpaper that we have created that is here uh, you can l- really use any wallpaper that you want uh, but this is kind of the uh, desktop customization that we are uh, that we were just discussing uh, you can also Uh, change icon sets, you can change themes, um, uh, as well as you can, uh, you know, enforce certain uh, settings uh, that you don't want your users to change. Uh, In this case, what we're trying to uh, do here is that we're trying to prevent users from changing the desktop wallpaper. Obviously, your users should be able to uh, change the desktop wallpaper, uh, but here we're just uh, giving you an example uh, of how you can uh, prevent your users from Um, modifying any setting that you have uh, in your desktop. So uh, this is what we achieved in this demo. We uh, already discussed about how Mate desktop environment uh, can be used to apply defaults. Um, There are certain settings that are available in G settings. Um, You can really, uh, you know, uh, modify the dconf schema Um, You can prevent file changes using uh, those uh, deconf schema. Um, And, uh, you know, there's uh, a command that you can uh, use to um, uh, ensure that uh, all the settings are updated. Uh, Again, this is a very simple example that we are using here. Uh, There's a lot of material online. Uh, If you want to, uh, you know, take a look, you can search uh, for, you know, how to uh, modify G settings, how to enforce certain settings. Uh, and so on um, because, you know, GNOME 2 and Mate are pretty popular and widely used desktop environments. Now, let's talk a little bit about scaling. So, uh, as we discussed in the beginning of uh, um, uh, our talk, we were looking at, uh, uh, first, how do we prepare workspaces for developers? Uh, How do we, uh, you know, provide this specific type of workspaces to specific type of developer users? Um, And then we talked about that we are going to look at how can we operate at scale. So uh, when we are talking about scale, you might have 2,000, 10,000, 20,000, you know, a large number of uh, Amazon workspaces running that your developers are using. Uh, So obviously the two key things you want to achieve um, is that they're securely updated uh, always. Uh, Now, because Amazon Workspaces is a fully managed service, we keep those updates running. So, all of your workspaces automatically um, uh, get those updates, uh, specifically in the case of Amazon Linux Workspaces. Um, But the second thing you want to also uh, enforce or or offer is configuration management, uh, which is uh, some things that we discussed uh, right now. We discussed about uh, PC over IP configuration settings, Uh, We discussed about, um, uh, you know, your desktop uh, configuration settings, um, you know, and so on. We discussed certain things about the configuration. So, uh, AWS OpsWorks is a fully managed service that provides configuration management services uh, for DevOps. So, here, um, what you can do is that you can um, hook your Amazon Linux workspaces uh, into your AWS OpsWorks servers uh, using either Chef or Puppet, um, and then uh, you can use AWS OpsWorks to really manage all of your Amazon Linux Workspaces configuration. Uh, so in this model, uh, as you can see, that you you literally have uh, nothing to uh, worry about on in terms of running a you know hardware server on in your IT or on premises uh, to be able to manage these uh, Amazon Linux Workspaces desktops. Uh, you can use both AWS services, Amazon WorkSpaces, and Amazon or AWS OpsWorks to perform that configuration management. Um, Chef and uh, Puppet are some of the uh, most popular uh, tools that are used in the industry for uh, management of Linux desktops. Uh, So that's why, you know, AWS OpsWorks um, has been, uh, uh, you know, uh, know, working with uh, Chef and Puppet uh, to be able to provide that uh, functionality. So, um, most of the functionality that you will see in AWS OpsWorks, you know, can be applied um, via using Chef and Puppet to Amazon Linux workspaces. Um, There's actually um, a couple of um, uh, talks, if you uh, just search uh, AWS Tech Talks, uh, there's specific elaborated Tech Talks about how uh, you can uh, use AWS OpsWorks with Amazon Linux workspaces, both for Chef and Puppet. So uh, that's a high level view. Now let's look at a little bit uh, deeper detail on how AWS OpsWorks hooks into uh, Amazon Linux workspaces. So first of all, uh, AWS OpsWorks instance level is a combination of packages, files, config. Uh, These are the things that you are really trying to manage uh, on your Amazon Linux workspaces desktops. So you want to manage the uh, type of packages or applications that are there. Uh, you want to be able to remove or delete files, if the, that is something that you want to do uh, to increase, uh, you know, um, um, uh, security of your Amazon Linux workspaces. And finally, you uh, have the configuration management uh, piece of it. So you want to make sure that uh, you, if you set a PC over IP configuration of uh, disabling clipboard, Um, that stays there, so you can't, uh, you know, your user cannot go and modify that configuration to be something else. One of the reasons that they would be able to do that uh, is pretty common that, uh, you know, um, many uh, developers require root access to be able to perform uh, a lot of their work. Um, We generally uh, recommend a best practice that you don't give blanket root access to your developers. Uh, rather provide specific command uh, level access for sudo so they can, um, uh, you know, run the specific commands that they require rather than have blanket root access. However, in some cases, if you are uh, running some, um, uh, you know, uh, um, kernel level development or hardware development, you might need, your developers might need full root level access. Um, So in that case, uh, this is a very helpful tool to make sure that Uh, the configurations are in the state that you expect them to be uh, at any given time. So, um, uh, effectively, uh, the talks that I talked about, again, they elaborate a little bit more on this slide and the next one uh, where it's about, uh, you know, integrating the Puppet node uh, using AWS OpsWorks with Amazon Linux workspaces. Um, So, uh, there's three key steps to doing that, uh, or sorry, four. And these four uh, steps are, um, you know, they're very simple. It, it, they don't take a lot of time to do it. Uh, it's, it's quite uh, uh, simple to implement them. Um, and using uh, uh, some of the talks that I talked about uh, regarding AWS ops works with Amazon Linux Workspaces, uh, you will be able to follow through those uh, on a step-by-step level to actually implement it um, on-, on ground. So, real quick, we can uh, go through these uh, steps. First, obviously, is that you require a certificate, a signed certificate, so that your puppet node uh, can recognize your Amazon Linux workspace, Um, and then it 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 has the ability to um, uh, basically associate with that node, so that uh, you know your puppet knows um, all of your Amazon Linux workspaces, Um, and then. Uh, Obviously, your node is then responsible, your puppet node, sorry, your puppet server is then responsible uh, for, uh, you know, managing these nodes, which are Amazon Linux workspaces. Um, And then uh, it can also generate results from, uh, you know, for example, querying. So all in all, once this step is done, uh, your puppet node is able to maintain a certain configuration. It's able to generate, uh, or sorry, deploy uh, certain configurations to your node, uh, such as package installation and application installation. Um, and then it is able to uh, generate results as part of any querying. So, uh, some customer, some enterprise customers run OS querying on their Amazon Linux Workspaces desktop. Uh, this will provide results of that query back to uh, your Puppet Surfer, so you can uh, assess you know, how many of your Amazon Linux workspaces are in healthy state from, um, from your, uh, you know, security and control perspective and how many uh, needs uh, a configuration change? So this is kind of, a, um, a, you know, a, a more a deeper view into uh, exactly what we discussed. So um, the, the deeper view, what is happening here is that once the associate node step is happening, Uh, you are basically establishing trust with your AWS Ops, Works, Chef, or Puppet server. Um, And once that uh, trust is established between these two factors, uh, then you are able to uh, do all of the uh, configuration management and other uh, monitoring activities that we discussed. Um, So again, nodes here are Amazon Linux workspaces. Uh, Chef and Puppet servers here are um, uh, you know, hosted in AWS OpsWorks, and once this linking is established, uh, you can um, perform monitoring of your nodes. Um, for example, one of the very famous use cases is with CIS benchmark monitoring. So you are able to monitor um, those uh, CIS benchmarks of your Amazon Linux workspaces. So with that, uh, we will uh, close our talk today uh, and let's do a quick recap of what we learned today. Uh, So first of all, today we learned uh, what are Amazon Linux workspaces, uh, what benefits they provide to our enterprise customers, uh, where are they deployed uh, in terms of uh, different type of developer use cases. Um, We also discussed about uh, how you can use Amazon Linux workspaces bundles Uh, to really focus on your different developer populations. Uh, We took the example of Java, um, but obviously you can take that uh, and replicate it across uh, for different developer use cases. Um, We also today reviewed what type of specific hardware options are available for you to create those uh, Amazon Linux Workspaces bundles. Um, So really had a quite good understanding and insight into Amazon Linux Workspaces. Second, what we did today is we looked at Amazon Linux Workspaces in action. We were able to log into it. We were able to modify it. Um, uh, We did um, prepare our image from the Amazon Linux Workspace that we created. uh, And ultimately, we were able to create uh, a bundle that we can replicate uh, at scale. And finally, uh, what we learned today is that, how do you uh, administer and manage uh, your Amazon Linux Workspaces uh, using OpsWorks Uh, at scale. And with that, uh, we will conclude our virtual session for today. First of all, thank you for joining me today here uh, and uh, learn about Amazon Linux workspaces. Um, I hope you are able to uh, take these learnings and apply um, them directly into your enterprise workloads and deploy Amazon Linux workspaces for your developers. My name is Hassan, and in any case, if you want to reach out to me Uh, my contact information is available on this slide, thank you.